The Houston Astros are coming off a wild series win over the Angels. The bats came alive, but the injury bug is biting again. We'll cover that and a lot more. It's episode 32 of Stone Cold Strohs, and it starts right now. Right, everybody, welcome in. I am Josh Jordan, the editor of SportsMapHouston.com, and I am joined by senior content creator Charlie Palillo. You can catch Charlie at Palillo on Twitter. You can catch me at, at JoshJordan975. Charlie, big series win. What'd you think? Well, for entertainment value, pretty tough to top that. In brief, in homage to the absent Brandon Strange, he's either a turking or a cacoing, right? Uh, episode 32. You know, most fans who go to Minute Maid Park, if they look up at all the Astros retired numbers, it's it's the one that most people likely don't recognize. 32, a relief pitcher named Jim Umbright, who was an original Colt 45, pitched the first two seasons, pitched very well. The second of those two seasons, he pitched after melanoma surgery. It was discovered in his leg, spring training, 1963. Comes back after a month of it, pitches the season, a lot of pain and all that. Very last game of the season, Jim Umbright, the winning pitcher in relief, barely six months later, he died of cancer. The first retired number in Colt 45's Astros history, Jim Umbright, number 32. Thanks, Charlie. I did not know that. All right, guys, let's get into this a little bit. Big series win. Saturday was just terrible for the Astros. They scored all those runs and they still coughed off the game. Ryan Presley, he had some issues. So how big was it, Charlie, that the Astros were able to come back on Sunday and uh, still get that series win after that just heartbreaking loss on Saturday? Yeah, uh, tough to have much more yin and yang in terms of the extremes. And the latest reminder that momentum, very overrated word in sports, you have it until you suddenly don't. Uh, The Astros in complete command of that game Saturday night had all the momentum and then wait, what happened? So off that, all the Angels, they can take the series, get within four in the wild card race. They have the game under control, and wait, what happened? So uh, another meatloaf series for the Astros, two out of three, ain't bad. Feel like you could have swept with a break here, a break there. Well, they could have gotten swept uh, with another break here, another break there. So you move on, and this week ahead of the Astros and Rangers at Minute Maid Park, early next week, the Astros could not ask well, they could very slightly ask for a better schedule cut to try to gain ground on the Rangers after dropping a game over the weekend to be three back. Two at Colorado can always be a little tricky playing up in the thin air where the Rockies are at least semi-competent, but the Rockies are a bad team. Then it's four at Oakland, the Astros 6-0 and against the Athletics this season. Meanwhile, the Rangers, albeit at home, three with the Rays, three with the Dodgers. So it's uh, several opportunities perhaps for the Astros to carpe diems plural, and then see if they can maybe overtake the Rangers when the Arlingtonians are here next week. Well, with that in mind, the, the offense is really starting to pop here. We've been tracking them, you know, doing the podcast throughout the year. And OPS, Team OPS, they've been in the 20s, down to the teens. Now they're down to 13. They're getting close to the top 10 in Team OPS, so they're, they're starting to hit better. Now they've fallen off a little bit with pitching. Pitching, they were top ERA in the league for much of the season. I believe they're down to fifth now. Not bad, but you know, it's getting a little bit worse as the batting's getting better. But let's talk about why the hitting has gotten better. And he's still got Jordan. He hasn't, he's yet to make, a, you know, an appearance, a rehab start yet. He's still dealing with a head cold, we're hearing. But 
Kyle Tucker, Chaz McCormick, and now Alex Bregman, both Tucker and Bregman going four for five. What do those guys mean to this offense here going forward? Well, Kyle Tucker's been going crazy over a month now. He and Chaz McCormick are the guys playing at a, a superstar level recently. Alex Bregman, frankly, I need to see more. Uh, obviously, a phenomenally clutch home run on Sunday, part of a, a four-hit game against a, not exactly gangbusters uh, Angels pitching staff. But before that game Sunday, Bregman was 7 for 46. And he went 7 for 46 immediately off of his last three-hit game when he hit the grand slam off the outfielder to cap the 14-0 win in St. Louis. Uh, Alex Bregman's a mediocre player this season until he sustainably over an extended basis proves otherwise. Uh, but the depth of the lineup, uh, the Jordan stuff's a real bummer because with him being set back, you know, unless, hey, two days as a space cowboy or hook wherever they send him, two days, I'm good. I really thought it set up well for him to be back by the Rangers series. But now he's not going to start a rehab assignment until Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. How quick will the turnaround be? You know, they don't want to push it coming off the oblique. Whereas uh, it seems as though Altuve should be back by that Rangers series. Knock on wood. So uh, the Astros lineup, how do you optimize going forward if they're healthy and all hands on deck? I presume Dusty's going to remain beholden to Bregman's experience. So if you go Altuve, Bregman, Jordan, Tuck, Abreu, McCormick, Three spots left. Well, is it a trade acquisition, left-handed hitting outfielder? Otherwise, Jolks Myers for that third spot. Uh, Pena, presumably, over Dubon at short. I know you could start to mount an argument the other way on that. And if Dusty will freaking wake up when he has the A-team back, Yiner Diaz should be catching the majority of the games. And the Astros could have some real potency, one through nine. A hundred percent. I'd I'd like to highlight Chaz. I, I kind of hesitate to do it because we've been doing it so much lately, but the guy deserves it. Just some of his stats right here. OPS 887. He's only behind Jordan on the team. I know he hasn't played a full sample size. He's he's played about a third of a season so far by the numbers. Slugging 522, only behind Jordan. So he's even slugging better than Kyle Tucker right now. And the splits are the thing that we always talk about with him, right, Charlie? But his OPS versus right-hand pitching, 840 and over 1,000 versus right-handed pitching. So Chaz is doing it. It's not just a platoon thing anymore. It, I'm just Is it asking too much to think that he can keep this up? Oh, at this level, sure. Uh, but that he should be in the lineup virtually every day until he really cools off seems pretty obvious. Uh, I don't know what the deep analytics data indicate at this point. But that Jake Myers is a clearly superior defensive center fielder over Chaz, I really don't buy that. But if Myers is going to play rather than Jilks until you have another alternative, so McCormick plays left, that's, that's fine there. Uh, but what has really jumped off the page, and I know the Astros hit some home runs in Anaheim that wouldn't have left any other ballpark or only a couple of others in Major League Baseball. Well, you play the course. right? It's like when guys pop flies into the uh, Crawford boxes at Minimated Park. The visiting team has the same opportunity. Uh, but McCormick's opposite field power, uh, one longer than the other, the two that he drove out to right center field. You know, in the era of uh, less juiced players and less juiced baseballs, you don't really see as many lengthy opposite field home runs other than by the real behemoths of the game. Uh, McCormick's power can play anywhere. And good for him, a guy late getting his big league career started, right? He's, he's 28 years old now. If there was any remnant of possibility that Chaz would get dangled as part of a trade offer to uh, reel in a bigger fish, I think that's been pretty much snuffed.
And uh, I've probably said a time or two here before. I'm all for a guy named Chaz. <laughs> Why not? Well, it wasn't all good news with this series, right, Charlie? Fromber, we're not really sure, but we think it's some kind of calf. Uh, they're hoping it's a cramp, something like that. It sounds like something similar for Jeremy Pena. How much are you worried about these injuries? Well, the Fromber one, that's a, that's a, that's a five-ring five alarm right there. Uh, if you're an Astros fan, cross your fingers really, really hard that it was just a cramp because if there's a calf tweak in there, that's something that can linger can easily become a, a month to six week injury. And the Astros starting rotation just cannot handle that. Um, you know, that Javier went five innings Sunday and only gave up three runs. That's not exactly a quality outing, a 5.40 ERA for one outing. But since it wasn't a complete disaster, like four of his five prior starts, but it doesn't mean that Christian Javier is back. Um, Hunter Brown makes the start Tuesday in Colorado. Uh, he was leaking badly over his last five starts before the break. And then you have JP France. And then between Blanco, forget Sean Dubin, or Keedy, maybe within two weeks, two and a half weeks, uh, starting pitching absolutely has to be the number one priority. And with the growing concern that too many of their relief pitchers are logging too many outings, uh, it is funny, Josh, the era in which we play, not one of those guys is on pace for more than 80 innings. You know, the Raleigh Fingerses and Sparky Lyles and Dan Quisenberries of bygone eras who would work 120, 130 innings in relief in a single season. Pitch three days in a row, no problem whatsoever. Now a guy goes three days in a row. Do we nominate him for the Purple Heart? Um, but it's how they're groomed. It's how they're used. So, you know, I think Dana Brown, certainly that left-handed bat to balance out and give them a bat off the bench as a possibility also uh, would be a nice acquisition. But pitching has to be, if not the entire uh, thrust right now, uh, starting foremost, I would go for, but, uh, another live bullpen arm or two. So Rafael Montero can be quietly put to sleep for the season. That's the concern, right? Is, you know, Presley leaking oil and Montero went out and did Montero things again. My concern is, is they just got back from the all-star break and these guys already look exhausted again. Am I wrong? That's a bit of a concern. Uh, Presley, I'm going to say it just turns out, uh, Hey, the Russians cut. Rocky four. I mean, Presley had been literally perfect uh, over uh, 11 outings. Um, so that he gave it up the best of closers every once in a while. They're going to get God. Um, Abreu, Neris were so good early. Was there likely to be some fall off? Um, Abreu working the most appearances so far out of the bullpen, already within 10 of the career high total that he had last year, though the innings aren't wildly out of control. Uh, Maton was so awesome for so long. Uh, was able to uh, get through with the uh, save. Thank you, Kyle Tucker, on, on Sunday. Uh, but there's just a lot of shakiness, right? Ryan Stanek's career year, obviously, was last year. He hasn't been close to that in effectiveness this year. So uh, one more arm, um, whether it's in a blowout game. So, you know, there were times where Maton's in in the fourth or, or fifth inning. Uh, we'd like to avoid that. You know, Seth Martinez is just a guy. Dubin does not belong on a, on a major league pitching staff. But I really think that one more starting pitcher should be the number one target. But the question that we've had for weeks and weeks and weeks, do the Astros have the goods since their farm system is inferior to numerous contenders who also figure to be in the market for starting pitching? We're hearing from Bob Nightingale that the Astros have checked in on Cody Bellinger. They've checked in on Marcus Stroman. 
So if you can only sign one of these guys or trade for one of these guys, I should say, who would you prioritize? Well, if we're going to leave Price out of it, it's Stroman. He's been a top five National League starting pitcher this year. Um, he has some playoff race experience. And, you know, if you're into swagger, he brings that by the gallon uh, to the mound. Uh, but he would slot right into the, the Astros rotation as their number two guy behind a, a healthy Fromber at this point. So you have to get to the playoffs before someone can make a difference in the playoffs. Uh, Stroman would be a tremendous fortification for the bullpen, uh, for the uh, rotation. Uh, I'm just very dubious that the Astros will be able to make the top offer for a guy like Marcus Stroman, given the Dodgers are in for starting pitching. The Rays are in for starting pitching. The Rangers are in for starting pitching and all have multiple prospects graded better than any Astros prospect from Drew Gilbert on down. No, that's all fair. And it makes me wonder because we heard Dana Brown, I believe he spoke on the flagship last week and said something to the effect of maybe we won't be able to get a home run deal. Maybe it'll be like a double. So trying to figure out what he means by that Stroman feels like a home run trade to me. Uh, if I'm trying to think of who would be a double, even Giolito feels a little more than a double to me. I would think more of like Jordan Montgomery, who's now dealing with a little bit of an injury or, Eduardo Rodriguez. Are those guys singles? Are those guys doubles? What, what's your take on that? Well, the latter two names you mentioned, both lefties, if there's any appeal of adding a, another lefty to complement Fromber in the rotation. Uh, I'm with you on Giolito, whose overall numbers this season aren't awesome, but he's very good. Again, I don't think the Astros can bid with, say, the Dodgers uh, on a guy like that. Or maybe the Dodgers trade for Otani and suddenly they don't have any of their premium guys left to trade. Uh, Montgomery, free agent, end of year. Eduardo Rodriguez can opt out, become a free agent, uh, end of year. Uh, what's Detroit going to do? They're only six games out in the American League Central, but they're no good. They're 41 and 51. So, you know, if 500 can win that pitiful division, Tigers have the goods to go 40 and 30 the rest of the way, or do they say, no, let's sell what we have to sell? Uh, a couple of relievers who wouldn't be glamour names, uh, but Alex Lang, who has good numbers, uh, not even arbitration eligible until 2025. Um, would Montgomery be a needle mover? He pitched very well for the Cardinals after going to them from the Yankees last year. Um, you know, if the price is right, I would take him because I'm not a believer in Bielak uh, or Blanco, and we just don't know what the Astros are going to get from Jose Arquiti. Before no, we get to what are Brown and Javier good for the rest of the way. Right, we should get to that too. But that is the thing that I liked about those two pitchers there in Montgomery and Rodriguez, at least they've been guys that have started 30 games more than once in their careers. There's a lot of these other guys we're talking about where maybe they have really good spin, but they've never shown that they can start 30 games for an MLB team. So these guys at least have proven they can do that. You know, if you go to their baseball savant page, you know, the spin's not going to wow you, but some of the other categories, they're pretty good. And Montgomery's had a good, you know, low ERA for the last several years. So he feels like a safe option, but he won't blow you away. Quickly, what about, you know, what we saw from Javier? Do you, do you feel at least like, okay, it's a step in the right direction? Or is it still just hard to count on him until you see more? Yeah, I'll go with small step, right? Glass better, half full. Probably live longer if, if that's your, your outlook. Uh, but five innings. Four hits, three earned, couple walks in there. Did strike out seven. Yeah. Strikeout numbers have been way down. 
but the fastball was still in that 91, 92, 93 range. So a uh, small step, not a guy right now. I don't think any uh, Astro fan or Astro being honest is thinking, I'm comfortable with that guy starting game two of a must-have regular season series or a playoff series. But we still have more than two months of season left, so that, that figurative second wind between he and Hunter Brown, at least one of those two better come up with it. And uh, just to hop back a little bit on the, the name game, Josh, while, while on those Tigers, uh, Michael Lorenzen's another starting pitcher yeah. who's just kind of a, a guy back end of the rotation. Uh, but I really think realistically that's what the Astros can try to get. He was an all-star because the Tigers are terrible and they had to have one all-star. He wasn't really there on the merits. Uh, they also uh, have uh, one more relief pitcher by the name of Jason Foley, who's uh, under team control for four years. So what do you prioritize in terms of the level of talent you can obtain, the price you have to give up? And then right from an Astros rooting perspective, it's all about 2023, defending the championship, trying to go back to back. But Dana Brown's not thinking about only this year. And with Stanek and Neris free agents after the use of this season, and who knows where Montero's career is headed, you know, if you can land an arm you like as someone moving forward, uh, that's an option. Uh, and one more option name, anyone good for a second go-round with Kendall Graveman? Under contract through next season, did some nice work with the Astros when acquired with Montero a couple of years back. Uh, he could be in play, $8 million his salary for 2024. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. I thought Graveman was really good when he was here. And Lorenzen makes sense to me for the Astros. He's kind of one of the, those guys I was talking about before. He's got plus spin on the fastball. They like his spin. He's on pace to have his first year starting 30 games. So he's just – he hasn't proven it from a starting pitcher standpoint. But if you want one of those guys, you're going to have to pay for him. So that's for sure. It's going to cost you if you want to get one of these top starters. Speaking of top starters here, Charlie – Framber Valdez, I wonder if a contract is going to get done. Chandler Rome tweeted out that it never really got close before the season started with Fromber. Also, Kyle Tucker, who's really turning it on right now. His value just skyrocketing, just like Fromber's is. They never really got close before the season to a contract extension. So what do we think? They can't possibly let both these guys walk. And if they don't, who do you think they prioritize? Whew. Uh, there's more variability, generally speaking, in terms of health and long-term prognosis with starting pitching. Um, they're both uh, in the heart of what should be the primes of their career. Fromber, though, as a late starter, a couple of years older than Kyle Tucker. It's going to be interesting to see how Jim Crane prioritizes and where he's willing to go. The, the land has shifted. Now, I think the 10, 11, 12-year contracts, most of them are going to turn out to be stupid. The Phillies already with Trey Turner must be thinking, oh, my goodness. After an awesome start with San Diego, Xander Bogarts has been eh, the last couple of months. And where are the Padres in the standings? Um, right, the Astros have Bregman and Altuve off the books after 2024 in terms of their contracts. Right? We'll see what they extend there. Uh, the Astros are $17 million or so below the first collective uh, bargaining tax threshold. And the Astros, my understanding, this year, the Astros may be third in all of Major League Baseball in revenues. You clean up after you win a World Series. The Yankees, the Dodgers, the end. The only two teams taking in more money. So the Astros are insanely profitable. Their payroll checks in right now at about 12 or 13. 
Now, no one should be taking this and saying, well, Jim Crane's being a cheapskate. They're very much in the picture and they've carried multiple top 10, uh, top five payrolls in recent years. But they did cut back relative to their peers, notably this year, which should give them good financial flexibility, not just for this season and going forward. So uh, Kyle Tucker, I get not wanting I've gone 10 years on him or basically anybody else. But if you believe in a 26-year-old stud, an eight-year contract that would have taken him only through his age 33 season to categorically reject that, seems very short-sighted. Uh, Fromber, again, a little bit older. And a reminder, they're both under control for two more years, so we're not in an emergency situation from an Astros fan's perspective. But it feels a little bit like Fromber and Kyle Tucker are each driving a taxi. Anyone remember what those were before Uber and Lyft? And they're on a cross-country trip, and the meter is going and going and going, and the price is getting higher and higher and higher, and where is Jim Crane going to exit? And that's what, to me, I'll just speak for if I was Jim Crane. They, they seem to value pitching the most, especially when they talked about how the bullpen won them the World Series last year. They've paid up for Justin Verlander, even though they got him on a bit of a discount because of the injuries, but they've paid up for that before. And with Christian Javier showing you that, oh, maybe – Maybe he's not a lock to be your, your number two starter moving forward. I wonder if that puts even more pressure on making sure Fromber stays an Astro. And, you know, if it rides out that Jim Crane just decides it's not smart business, I'm not doing it, we'll reevaluate where we are back half of 2025. Well, over the next couple of seasons, does Spencer Araghetti arrive on the scene as a, a real plus starting pitcher? Plenty of guys after one Tommy John have been just fine. Wither Luis Garcia, who's under Astros control for, for another three years. Um, what other talent acquisitions uh, may occur? Uh, but in the case of Kyle Tucker, and you know, you don't know if there are any hard feelings or if Kyle Tucker feels like they were kind of really screwing him over in negotiations. But if you went to Kyle Tucker right now, seven years, $175 million, $25 million per year. Does he scoff at that? Uh, that's still taking him through only the age 33 season. So you're not on the hook with the guys, 37, 38, 39 years old, the real stupid loss leader type deals. But I just don't think there's any chance of there being any movement at all on either of those guys, uh, until next year. All right. Well, that is it for this episode of Stone Cold Strohs. We'd like to thank you for watching. Please check us out on YouTube. I want to thank Charlie Palillo. You can follow him on Twitter at Palillo. And uh, please follow our sister station when you're listening to Sports Talk. Listen to ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Go Strohs.